obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is. This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. So in this episode, we're going to have a bit of a chat about drenches. I get a lot of questions, uh, particularly from my new customers about drenching and drenches, and there is a bit of confusion. So I thought maybe we would just have a bit of a chat about uh, about that and what um, goes really. And very timely here in, probably here in Australia, very timely uh, thinking of our lambs, maybe weaning lambs. And if you're international, maybe timely coming into the winter period, uh, fall, winter, and potentially even moving into joining uh, what, um, or in, into probably, well, sorry, the last, probably the last trimester of uh, of your um, pre- of pregnancy for your sheep as well. So um, quite timely. First of all, I suppose we call it drenching in Australia. It's called dosing in Ireland. So you might have different Um, names for it. Basically what it means is um, administering medicine to chemicals, medicine to sheep, typically orally and and typically forcefully. It it is a bit different to sheep drenching is different to cattle drenching. And I'll just sort of explain here, cattle, you use a pour on uh, and the pour on Typically, well, there's lots of reasons for using a pour on in cattle. One, cattle are not so easy to grab. If you've ever tried to put something in a cow's mouth, like a fully grown cow's mouth, that is so not easy and quite dangerous um, for them and you. So not a good idea. So it's much better to be able for us to be able to pour something down their back or back line or top line, sometimes it's called. And the reason why pour ons work for cows is that they have a different metabolism. Yeah, they have a much higher body fat. So the drug works differently. The sort of backline or pour-on drug works works differently. It absorbs through the skin and then the cattle do some licking. They actually lick it a little bit as well. But the main administration of the cattle pour-on is through the skin and it works very well for cattle, not for sheep and in the same way, not for goats. Now, you might do a pour on for your sheep for things like lice and and the like, but we're talking here about worm drenches. So that's the other thing to bear in mind. When we're talking about drenches, we're talking about for parasites, internal parasites and worms. Now, another couple of questions I get are, well, um, which type of drench? Should I use a liquid drench or an ejectable drench? Um, and we'll, we'll go into the liquid drenches in just a minute. But in, injectable, uh, a few things to be aware of. Generally, they're way more expensive. I mean, drenches anywhere generally aren't cheap, but injectables are more expensive. 
Um, obviously, with injectables, uh, there is a uh, you're piercing the skin, so you've got an injection. Um, but sometimes it can be easier to administer. Often you can do it with some other injectable. So if you're giving them a five in one, you give them one injection and you get the B12 and you get the um, moxidectrin or moxivectin or whatever as well. So some sort of ivermectin. Challenges with the injectables are that there is a generally a longer withholding period. I'll explain what the withholding period is in a second, but a longer withholding period for those injectables. And in terms of resistance, seems to be that the um, it, the resistance, the animal can become more resistant to the chemical quicker if it's administered via an injectable. So just to think about that in the bigger in the bigger scheme of things, um, the resistance worm resistance is where. The basically the chemical just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So, and we are at the stage where some chemicals we think don't work at all on on sheep, um, and that means that we are very vulnerable in terms of our sheep population. Withholding period, just to explain what that is, if your animal needs to be slaughtered and eaten for meat, or if your animal produces milk, your sheep produces milk for human consumption then there is a time period where that animal is not fit for human consumption. So in some drenches, it might be seven days. In some drenches, I've seen it like 42 days. So it can be huge. Yeah, it can be huge. And this is where when we start to look at the different types of drenches, what we need to really think about is what we call groups of drenches with particular active ingredients. So people often say to me, oh, I'm using this drench. You know, is that the best drench to use? And the answer is, well, it depends, really. What are you actually trying to do? And what does the drench actually do? So generally, there are different groups of drenches. So, for example, white drenches and clear drenches are, the, are two main groups. So if we look at white um, drenches, these are uh, have an active um, ingredient uh, that is BZ, yeah, or benzidomazole, uh, or any of the dazole-type drenches. There's quite a few fenbendazole, these sorts of things. And these are um, very good on um, some uh, stages of the worms. Like you think about a worm... It has different stages of its life, yeah? Adult stages, a, um, a stage in, in different types of the intestines. Each worm has different stages of its life cycle. So these white drenches generally work on uh, really small worms or adult worms. Uh, they're, they are very good at tapeworms, though. So, for example, if I see, and tapeworm is one of the worms you can see, if I can see, if I see tapeworms, particularly in weaned lambs, you will see tapeworms a lot. Now, tapeworms won't kill a lamb or even kill a, kill a sheep. In fact, in adult sheep, you don't need to worry about tapeworms. They'll just deal with them. But with my weaned lambs, I want to get their health optimum. So I might give them a white drench. There's a one a product called First Drench. Um, and it has a, a, a drench ingredient called Krasa Quantal. 
And that's very good for tapeworm. And it's a white kind of white colored drench. So that's the white drench family. And the active ingredient there is the BZ ingredient. And again, to be honest, I would look at that drench as a very light on drench. Yeah, it's not strong. It has a small withholding period, only maybe seven days or so, depending on the product. Um, but that tells you how effective that drench would be for the worm life cycle. Like some worm life cycles are like 30 days. So a white drench is not going to kill the life cycle of a 30-day worm if it's got a seven-day withholding period. It's just not going to cut the mustard. Um, okay, that's that drench. Now the clear drenches, these have an active ingredient of LV or levamisole, and they're clear. Now these can work very well on things like scour worms, um, uh, stomach brown stomach worm, black scour worm, and barber to some extent barber's pole worm as well. Um, it, barber's pole worm is, is a, a sort of an interesting, um, an interesting worm which we'll talk about separately. Yeah, but a, a lot of these ingredients will work on barber's pole worm. The different stages of the barber's pole. Yeah, not all stages of the barber's pole. So that's our clear drenches. Uh, the next group is not necessarily defined by the color, but it's defined by the name, uh, generally called mectins, and the active ingredient is ML, macrocylic lactone. And this is where we have uh, our avamectin, moxidectin, ivermectin. And again, these are good at barber's pole worm, the scour worms. They sometimes have a longer, like a 20, 21 day withholding period. So they're stronger. These are the ones you generally find in the injectables. Um, although you can find it in a like a, a liquid drench as well. Uh, and things like Cydectin would fit into this. And generally they are a good all-round drench. Um, not Again, depends on what worm you have, but not. I would say not the best for barber's pole worm. Uh, they're not going to do the full kind of knockout every single instance of barber's pole, every single stage of the barber's pole life. Uh, what else we have? Um, there's another one, and sometimes what you'll find is that there are dual-purpose drenches. So there's another group called the SI, spiroondol drench. And this is a combination drench where you have a, a deraquantal and an abamectin. And again, this will work on some scour worms and some stages of the worms. Uh, then we have a, again, a, other drenches like Q, uh, OP drench. Uh, and this is, again, we used in a combination drench, and this would be things um, where we would have some of the products here. I haven't heard of this particular product, but Ram Etten, and these have, I think this is why I haven't heard of them, because they have very low efficacy against immature barber's pole worms and against scour worms, so probably not something... Uh, that is used quite a lot. 
liver fluke. This is where we have our benzimidol or some sort of a, a, a fluke, um, a fluke in uh, a fluke dredge. This again will work on liver fluke, but not all stages, uh, and it's not going to work on other worms like our roundworms or stomach worms, those sorts of things. So TZ, this is often called a TZ, and a flucicide. So liver fluke. Um, the next group then, uh, the next group is SAs, salicylidines, and this one has the ingredient trisantal. Now, trisantal is uh, very expensive, generally a single ingredient, generally sort of clearish or kind of green in color, and very long withholding period, like sometimes 39 to 42 days. This is effective um, at our liver fluke uh, from uh, an older, like nine weeks to adult liver fluke. Brilliant for Barber's Pole Worm. Really, really good for Barber's Pole Worm. This is what I would go with if I knew I had Barber's Pole uh, in my sheep. Uh, and this would be um, again, a narrow spectrum, so a single ingredient with our trisantal. And it's something that you are not going to find in your average store. I know I'm, I'm speaking from, from uh, experience here in Australia. This is something, the trisantal, you're going to have to order online. It is expensive. Like when I say expensive, like I'm talking hundreds of dollars for these, but, you know, that might save one sheep. Yeah, one sheep's life. Um, and for me, I know if I have an issue with worms, then it's not just one sheep. Yeah, obviously it's going to be several sheep. So we want to make sure that when we are deciding what drenches to use, we understand the difference between the sort of the broad spectrum, mid spectrum or narrow spectrum drenches. So broad spectrum is just going to do a little bit of everything. Mid spectrum is might going to be like two active ingredients and narrow spectrum is your trisantal type stuff. So it's just going to do one thing and really one thing only. And if this is where really what we need to know before making decisions about what drench to use or what drench should I use, what's the best drench? Well, what are the worms that you have? And that's when you need to find out. You need to actually, first of all, um, get to know your seasons, get to know your environment, get to know the, the landscape. Think about the weather, not wet, humid. For us, Barber's Pole. Yeah. Um, winter, more likely to be a black or brown stomach worm, those sorts of things. Um, I don't seem to have much issues with liver fluke, personally, they, my sheep, but tapeworm, again, I find only in my weaned lambs, and that's when I'll use my, particularly I'll use my prasequantal. Um, and you know, it has, it has a, is it, it does have a broad spectrum. So it does a little bit of everything, but specifically tapeworm. So I might use that initially at weaning and then I'll be, I've already given them Barbavax. So I do have a high, uh, my environment is a high propensity to Barber's pole. Uh, as is certain areas of Western Australia and certain areas of the New England in, um, in New South Wales. 
And depending on where you are in the US, you probably know already if you are in that environment, typically hot and wet. Um, I'm not I'm thinking like maybe Florida. I don't know if there are many sheep in Florida. I'm, I'm thinking I've got some listeners down in Florida. Hey, if you're in Florida, let me have a little look um, if I have any if I have any listeners in Florida, but I'm thinking Florida sounds hot and wet to me. <laughs> um, down in the Everglades or something like that, you know, maybe that would be that would be pretty typical. And I guess down there, maybe Virginia, you're gonna be hot and wet down in Virginia. We've got no lots of listeners down in in Virginia from um what my statistics are telling me. And I don't find anyone. Where are all the Florida listeners? Don't you have sheep in Florida? Maybe it's too hot and wet down there to have um, to have sheep. I don't know. Maybe it's a bit like Queensland over here. It's just not good environments. Um, reach out if you are listening and you're in Florida. I can't see you appearing on my on my list. But anyway, you will know if you have barbers pull worms in your uh, in your environment and if they're really oh hey orlando <laughs> and cape coral in florida it just took me a while to find you hello there um i knew that there were some listeners in florida so there you go do you have barbers pull worm in florida let me know oh and i don't know where this is my aca city my aca city in florida and st petersburg in florida here you all are aren't you listening in from gorgeous Florida. Anyway, hopefully it's not so gorgeous with Barbara's pole. Uh, and of course, what we're really looking at here, sorry, going back to the topic at hand, what we're really looking at here is the active chemicals. So choosing the branches that have the specific active, one active, a dual or multi-active or a combination, typically three active ingredients. Now for me, I'd like to know what I've got. So I will send off a fecal sample to my vet um, and get it tested. And and then if I if I can, they'll hatch out the worms for me. And once they do that, then I am in a much better informed position so that I can then choose the drench. Now knowing what I know about my environment, I am going to have Prasaquantil on hand, I'm going to have Clasantil on hand, and I'm going to have some sort of a Dectin on hand as well. And that's what I tend to use. Yeah. So a Moxidectin or a Cydectin or something like that. Um, occasionally I'll use the injectables, but often I just find having the other drenches is, is much easier. And um, yeah, just easier for me to store. Um, and they're like, they're very stable. They can cope with hotter weather and stuff like that. And I tend to buy them, like I tend to buy this stuff, particularly, uh, Trisantel is very, very expensive. So maybe buy 100 to 250 mil at a time. Uh, no, that would be very, no, but five liters or so five liters at a time of my, of my Trisantel. And then my, um, Cydectin-y type stuff, moxidexin, uh, you know, those sorts of things. I buy them in 20 liters and that do me for a couple of years. I find with my ewes, I only have to drench them pre-lambing. That's when I find that they are the most vulnerable. Uh, you know, uh, in lots of different reasons. One, their immunity is compromised. There's a bit of pressure. Often there's a bit of feed pressure. 
uh, they're lactating or they're going into lactating, again, their immunity is compromised. And the other thing is I'm generally keeping them in, in the same paddock with the lamb um, a little bit longer than I normally would. And that, of course, means that the warm worm burden can be higher. Um, after that, I'm trying to sort of move them and as much as possible, keep them or allow them to have a clean paddock. So I will do fecal worm egg counts maybe four times, three or four times a year, depending on what I'm seeing. If I'm seeing any dirty bums, if I'm seeing any ill thrift, if there's anything suspicious in terms of lethargy, I'll be checking. But for me, I find my young animals, particularly under 12 month olds, very vulnerable. And those are the ones that get my you know, the, they will get more administrative drenches. So they'll they'll be drenched in their first year, maybe three times, which I find a lot. I would love to be able to reduce that. Barbara Vax, using Barbara's Vax, go back and listen to the Barbara Vax podcast if you haven't done so already. I don't know if it's available in the US yet or not. I don't see why it shouldn't be. It's an enzyme from the Barbara's Paul stomach worm. So it's very kind of organic, um, but I know they were trying to get it launched, uh, developed by the Morden Institute in Scotland, literally took 30 years for them to develop it. And it's the first um, uh, injectable for a parasite. Uh, amazing, absolutely amazing. And it's really been a game changer for us in terms of reducing, I can do my first drench in terms of my weight drench for tapeworm. And I, by that stage, by weaning, I will have administered three Barber Vax injections over the course of that lamb's life. And that means that I can keep that up every six weeks if I need to. Generally, after their first three injections, I might have to give them one or maybe two in that season. And I, don't, I find I don't need to inject them anymore. They'll just build their immunity up. Then when they're exposed to Barbara's pole worm, which they will be at, a, at an older age, they're much more able to deal with it, build up their natural immunity, and then I don't need to vaccinate them again. So unless, for example, I had a particularly bad season or something like that, I wouldn't need to inject them again. So it's worth it. It's a bit of labor, but you know what? You know, we're with my lambs, I'm getting them in at their, their four-week mark their eight-week mark, and then their 10 to 12-week mark. So, you know, that's the sort of system. And that means that I'm able to administer a, a one-meal injection without any additional sort of labor pressure or um, intervention pressure or, or time. You know, it's just something that we're um, we're doing anyway. So there you go. I hope that's kind of helped you understand the different families or groups of drenches. Um, and all the different actives and active ingredients. Um, they all work a little bit uh, different. So, you know, some, for example, some of them, some of these ingredients, like um, one of them for roundworms, abamectin, it's really weird. It works by paralyzing the worm's throat. Worms unable to eat and dies. How amazing is that? One of the uh, albadazole, uh, that um, inhibits glucose uptake in the susceptible worms, so the worms lose energy and die. That's mad. Um, moxidectin disrupts the worms' neurotransmission. They become paralyzed and die. 
this, all these different things that actually um, they they do. They actually obviously I mean amazing scientific discoveries we're talking about here um, to to help us. And then think about avoiding over drenching. One of the things that's suggested with the the the, the reduce um, drench resistance is to have called what's called refugia. So the the sheep that you see come through your yards when you're drenching, that you look at them and you think, well, you're fat and healthy. You don't need a drench. Don't drench. Yeah. So leave a portion of your sheep undrenched. And that seems to ensure that there is less of that drench resistance um, around. So it's just it's just a strategy. Uh, a strategy or or a way. What we know, just going back, what we think, what we know is that the BZ white trenches, 90% of sheep properties display some form of resistance. Uh, the LV, the clear trenches, 80% of properties. BZ and LV combination, 60%. ML, the Mectans, 70% now experiencing drench uh, resistance. Moxidectin, 30%, and Trisantil up to 80%. So it's not looking good, is it? Not looking good when you think about um, that drench resistance. And listen, uh, I, I just find it's just about uh, arm yourself with as much information as you possibly can about the actual issue. Find out what the issue is and then move forward with, the approach that is going to be best, uh, pros and cons. Yeah, pros and cons. Um, uh, yeah, there's lots of different things um, that uh, you can try and you can use and lots of different products. Um, but ultimately, the best product is the product that will work for the worms that you actually have. And to find that out, you need to know what worms you have. And to find out what worms you have, you need to do the analysis and the investigation and speak to local people, do some research, uh, test the worms, get them hatched out, make get a relationship with either a local vet who can do this for you or a, a parasite di a diagnostic person um, who will be able to do this for you and, uh, and that really is going to be the best armor that you have in the fight against parasites. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sheep Show podcast. Got a burning sheep question or comment that you'd like to share or story or even a tip that would be good for other Sheep Show podcast listeners to know about. Get in touch via Instagram at Holston Valley Farm or email jill at holstonvalleyfarm.com.au. And until next time, sheep well.